in the league. 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, all in Hello and welcome to Up Only TV. I legitimately have forgotten how to do this. I'm Ledger. <laughs> here with Kobe. It's been a minute, Kobe, but we are here and uh, happy to be with you. Welcome to Up Only TV. Kobe, how's it going, bud? Um, yeah, it's all right. I like when I sat down and put like the camera on and stuff, I was like, is this what I'm supposed to look like? Like, do I look <laughs> like. I don't, I don't often see myself from like this angle, so it's like, is that normal? <laughs> I guess it's normal. You look normal um, to me. Thanks, Almost mate. the same as you look in person. Yeah, yeah, we met. Yeah, you are six foot five according to the picture that we took, <laughs> or I'm five three. That's sure. <laughs> you all know that you're five two. <laughs> Just try to give me an inch, man. Come on. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. Yeah. I did. Like sometimes, I, like for the last couple of months, I guess we've been like, you you were messaging me at like two or three hours before we're supposed to record and be like, we recording? And I'll just be like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, think, I, th- um, I think we did the ultimate summer, but it was like also timed with uh, pretty horrific price action. So nobody really cared. Pretty much everybody thought yeah. if you record, if you actually go live while we're hovering in the bottom, we'll just tank 50% over the next week so I apologize well when we met in real life I think the price of Ethereum was like 1700 at the beginning yeah, and then like 1200 it did drop several hundred dollars and I was at least spot long so that hurt pretty bad not gonna lie it's an expensive <laughs> meetup expensive expensive meetup yeah a lot what can you do um, but did you have a nice time in Europe I had a great time in Europe um, Did you suffer without the air conditioning comforts of American life? Well, the uh, place we stayed, you just had this, there was this window flow and the air just worked right through it. It was like 50 something at night, so, or in Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is. Below room temperature. Uh, mm. And so it was, it was pretty nice. The bugs were worse than I thought, though. You know, like, don't think of <laughs> bugs in Italy, but there they were. Um, like actual bugs? Like like a beetle. Yeah, like if you left the, uh, if you had your light on, I learned the strategy. This is what y'all came for tonight. This AMA and AMA is how do you sleep in Europe without air conditioning? Um, yeah, so like if you leave you leave your light on in your room, the bugs just swarm straight to it. So if you don't have screens and stuff on the windows with them open, then they you got to keep the windows open with the lights off. Because hmm. otherwise the bugs came yeah. in. At least we, nice, don't, but you, we don't have these problems. Like, um, we don't have these problems in America because yeah. we have air conditioning. <laughs> like I don't know what's wrong with people there. <laughs> Downside of a castle. Yeah. Well. Um. What else happened? Since then. Yeah. Well, well I, I, someone, I was looking. How many episodes of this podcast did we do in like the year 2021? And then how many have we done in the year 2022? <laughs> I think we dropped off by like 90%, but so did the rest of the crypto market. So like we were just performing at average. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't want people to be jealous of our outperformance. So we're just right on par. Yeah. Um, have you done anything fun 
over the past few months, other than Meet Me? Um, I went to some weddings. Mm. I went to a wedding that was like very, very, very wedding. Like it was, it was a, a spectacular wedding. Um, but it was a very wedding. Um, and no, I haven't done very much to be honest. I, oh, I started playing Jedi Fallen Order. Um, what's that? Is that a video game? like a, like a, yeah, PlayStation 4 or 5 or something. Um, uh, game i really wanted to play like a video game i haven't had a a console for like 10 years or something so i bought one and i started playing and i got this recommendation and all you do is fucking climb walls and swing on like ropes (laughs) it's the least satisfying jedi experience of my life and i haven't had many jedi experiences but i was like this is somehow worse than the new movies that they made yeah i had a jedi experience this summer what was it? I just went to Disney World. <laughs> That's where. Is there like loads of Star Wars shit there? Oh yeah, they have a whole Star Wars park now, and uh, that's where I started my new whip thread, which got more and more um, ridiculous as it went on. Um, oh yeah, what's your new one? My dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> Some people buy Lambos. Yeah, we can't afford them anymore. Yeah, this is the best I got. Used dump trucks. <laughs> All right, so what are we doing? We're just doing Ask Ledger Anything for... Um... Me? Nobody wants to hear from me. We're going we're gonna to lose lots of viewers. Uh, how about Combo? Bro, it's a bear market. We don't have any viewers. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, All right, does Ledger regret his TikTok twerk video? <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say no because it got Coin Center twenty thousand dollars. It should have been more, but it got twenty thousand dollars. Shout out Messi and Sicarius, ten thousand each. Did they actually donate money to Coin Center for you to do that video? I thought you just done it out of the goodness of your heart. Um, no, I mean yes, the goodness of my heart for Coin Center to get twenty thousand dollars. Um. All right. Um. No, I don't yeah. Work. So I guess we just we'll just do. Like ask anything because I don't really know what's been going on. I haven't been paying much attention to the market. Um, what did y'all do when you met in real life? We just drank champagne by a dirty pool. <laughs> dirty. We had a lot of leaves in it and shit, but it'd been uh, raining. Oh yeah, yeah, it wasn't dirty most of the time. They cleaned it every yeah. night. Uh, Couldn't really sit down, but it was just it was just raining. Um, and <laughs> I met your company. Yeah, you met my teammates. Yeah. Flip. Um, Shout out. Yeah. Um, I got this cool new shirt since then. Did I? I need to show the audience my shirt. This is a bear market shirt for you. It's my USDC shirt. Got that from the Circle Conference. Shout out, Circle. Uh, Do you think that we could get sponsored by USDC? Because I think it's a great sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Only with USDC. For a, for a crypto podcast. <laughs> yeah, sure. It works in a bull market and a bear market. In a bear market, it's the superior asset. And in the bull market, it's the thing making everything work. Yeah, it starts con- conspiracies about USDC after that. Is it Jeremy? Yeah. L- what's the guy's name that's in charge of USDC? I don't know. Or Jesus. Circle. <laughs> um, Jesus, the creator of the dollar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I asked him if he'll come on uh, the podcast like a couple of months ago, and he said yes. And then I just didn't get back to him. I've been doing that quite often. <laughs> 
Didn't we do that? I messaged her. I'm like, we should do, we should do a podcast episode, and then they agree, and then I'm like, oh, actually, can't be bothered. <laughs> and then we don't, we don't do one. Then we, and then we that. get to the, today, and we're like, do we have a guest? No. Nah. We did that with the Winkle V too, I think. And they finally we like bugged them, and they just finally said yes, and took. A, I guess they were going to take a break from their rock band. Um, are they still touring? Are they sold out at every venue? We should we should get the Winklevoss twins. I know we, but only if they play music on air live. Yeah, and we don't talk about crypto at all. Yeah, (laughs) maybe we could do a raid for them because, like, surely Gemini is not doing well. Somebody said over under on Suzu being a guest again. I'll take the under. (laughs) I don't understand betting lingo, so I don't know what that means. Uh, like if I don't even know how you would frame it for this, but. 40% 40% chance. Would you take the over or under? I don't know. I don't know how you I don't know that. what the lingo means. What is the over and what is the under? Like if you say uh, there's a... <laughs> surely it's like simple. Like surely like over is like yes and the... under is no. <laughs> <laughs> there's a soccer match and the line says it, they think there's three points total going to be scored. It's going to be two to one. Would you take the over or the under? If you take the under, it means there's going to be less than three points scored. I don't care about the soccer match. Yeah. All right, we can move. Wait, on. wait, who's playing? Um, Chelsea. That's one soccer team I know the name of, <laughs> and um, the town that Peter uh, Peter Wes's face is from, um, but Belford. What is the fair market probability of Suzu being a guest again? Hmm. Uh, well, it depends. If right? he wa- so... if he said he wanted to come on and defend himself one hundred percent, like, but I would be highly interested in that. Yeah, so the chat, the the paths to Suzu being a guest again, either one, he just wants to come on and talk about what happened, which I think is very, very, very unlikely. And two, he has like a redemption arc where he either raises a new fund, builds an alternative layer one, um, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And is it revealed to be Suzu? Um, or maybe Ooh, he just as like an has anon, a run as an anon. Yeah, yeah, and just runs up the uh, the leaderboard or something, the old BitMEX leaderboard. Um I think that's much more likely. And then it's like revealed to be Suzu and we're like, bro, you've got to come on now. Everyone knows it's you. Um, has he texted me? Yeah, he texted me once the other day. Um, well, I messaged him to see, ask him what he was doing. <laughs> how's how's running, things? Just running from the law. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how's things? He seems to be reasonably reasonably good. He was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. But then there was a little weird thing where I was like, did the did the telegrams get hacked because like Kyle was also messaging some people some stuff and it didn't uh, seem normal. Um, someone just said you suck at streaming. Okay, thank you. <laughs> we yeah. are aware. Like, I'm not really a content creator. I just started <laughs> this hobby in a pandemic for fun, and um, I do this for me, not for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, what um, where would you take me if I visit Alabama? Uh. Saw's barbecue, but you don't care about food, so you wouldn't enjoy it. But I would enjoy you observing the calorie intake p- possibilities. Like it is just a lot of food. I would uh, let's see. You don't care about food. Food is the biggest thing to care about here. I think I would find a uh, like a good farm, or maybe take you to take you to a, the lake. You need to go somewhere to some, do some, I don't know, man. I get, Kobe's never going to come to Alabama. Why are we doing this exercise? The things that I enjoy, I don't think, I don't think Kobe would enjoy. Mm. Um, do you remember like 
uh, 11 months ago when people, <laughs> or maybe even like eight months ago when people were just like, oh, we're just going to get 20% yield on our dollars forever. That's great. We'll just use yeah. this product. Yeah. That was this year. That was 2022. I actually heard people recently talking about getting 20% yield on stable coins. There's like still layer ones doing incentive programs, hoping the TVL is on the way anytime. Uh, I don't like. Hmm. It seems like your, your the, risk the, at those of those coins is high. But the yield is is inflationary, non-native asset, right? It's not paying the same thing, or is it paying the same thing? Yeah, no, I imagine it's paying like some token. So hmm. the yields probably don't last very long. Right, right, right. right. Uh, somebody yeah, said Justin the... Sun stablecoin is still going strong. I don't even know how that's possible. Wasn't it an exact clone of Terra Luna? Isn't it supply capped or something? I don't know. Whereas, like, the Terra didn't Terra have like twenty billion dollars worth of Terra, whereas like he's only allowed us up to a certain amount or something. I like, it's so a savings account when they say they'll give you ten percent interest on <laughs> the first hundred dollars um, that you put in there or something. I don't know. Um, have you been paying attention to the market? Like have you been doing anything in the market? No, <laughs> not not severe. Um, I mean, when was the last time you made money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta pull was out it about my calendar. The time everyone was getting twenty percent yield on I gotta, dollars. I gotta pull out my calendar. Uh, I definitely okay. I do know. After ETH went below a thousand, and then it went back to two thousand, I did pretty well on that. But the problem is, I kept holding. <laughs> so, like mm. the move back to thirteen hundred, it's just whatever, you know, round trip the whole thing. But I see. I was out at some point on the way down to sub one thousand, and then got in sub one thousand, and then rode it to two thousand, and that felt nice. That was my last reasonable trade. Everything else has been trash. <laughs> Wait, so you've been trying? Not severely, but I've held some stuff, so that's What does severely mean? Uh, like if I... Why are you going to make put me on the spot here? <laughs> there were several times... Well, to be honest, we, run a, we unfortunately seem to have a crypto podcast. Yeah, so like, what it. else are we going to talk about? <laughs> we can't talk about barbecues and lakes and farms in Alabama yeah. for two hours. Multiple, to my multiple times when I was trying to buy the dip, I would buy it, and then... I would buy it like upon some recovery of the dip, and then I it would go back down, and I would stop out. <laughs> so you try and buy the dip, but it wasn't the dip. Yeah, and then it kept going, yeah. and then I would stop out, and then I'd lose more money, and then it would bottom again, and then it'd recover a little bit, and I'd buy that, and then it would do it again, and I did that several times in a row. It felt real bad. Wait, so you just like chip away a few percentage here and there? Yeah, and yeah, and it hurt. <laughs> Yeah, it added up. Yeah. So, did you see the um the lost pawn thread that uh someone put on Twitter? Someone's like post your best lost pawn, and then Alex Weiss posted oh, the like geez. minus ten million, minus eleven million, <laughs> minus forty two million, three days in a row, and then, which I thought was quite impressive. Like you know, there's three huge losing days, but his bankroll will have, that would have been like fifteen percent of bankroll at the time or something. Yeah, but then CL posted um like. It was like a 80, 90 day losing streak or something where it was losing just 50K a day every day for like, it's like three this months. This is the maximum amount at risk and I will lose it all today. Yeah. Ugh. And it was like, it was just constant. It was amazing. It's like, what was happening in your mind? <laughs> Not one fluky, lucky day. You were like 
just bad. 100% strike rate the in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, that's bad. All right, so let's 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 go through some stuff that's happened. Um, Gainsey's um, become a professional yeah. sports better. That's happened. Yeah, he's out. He's out of the industry now. What yeah. I like about that arc is that um, it shows what his like, what his attraction to crypto was. Mm. It was like he just needs the coin flip, mm-hmm. like coin flip where he like thinks he's got some like autonomy in the decision making. <laughs> He thinks he's got some, like, he chooses his own fate somehow, even though he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's a gambler. Um, yeah, and he's just, like, he just loves risking that money and the chance to make money. And, like, I'd love to see his, like, P&L chart from sports betting. I'm sure it's, like, flat over the lo- long enough timeline, but it's just, like, lines Streaky. up and down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's going to do that now, which is fair enough. Um, Aptos. Let's talk about Aptos at some yeah. point. What else? Um, there, there was the, other one, Sui or something like that. Has it launched? That launched though, has it? I don't know. I just know it's one of the new layer ones people are talking about. Yeah, we've got Craptos, Suicide, and <laughs> Gonads. Those are the those are the three new layer ones. That's the Solu and Avax. Yeah, I you'd think that they'd spend some time choosing a name. That can't get memed in an industry that's built on memes. Um, I feel like Aptos is okay. Sui, Sui is like you are starting the word suicide. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not great. Craptos is still quite a good name, though. Yeah, it is. The launch date was great because you could tell who was in the seed round because they were tweeting like, "I'm extremely excited about the main net launching today." The main and then everyone net. else was tweeting, "Craptos is down. <laughs> Craptos doesn't work. Four transactions per second. Ninety percent staked." Like, didn't it move up a good bit it? after that though? It did the it did the like little U shaped arc where a bunch of people shorted it because of some FDV and then. Oh yeah, there's a chain that completely does like seems to currently not really function. That's worth ten billion dollars. Um, yeah, wasn't it getting like, the, like four transactions per second or something? Yeah, that was the 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 throughput um, quote on the block explorer or whatever it was. But I don't know those things are those things are weird because like the valuation is sort of like in part because of the whole move DM Facebook whatever. Um, background and then in part just because the float is again so low on Aptos it doesn't take they're still playing the same game yeah it's quite it's quite low Um, but like you 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 can't like well I guess what was the valuation of Solana and Avalanche at the absolute top Uh, 30 billion 40 billion 30 yeah, we have breaking um, news. What's the breaking news? Uh, somebody quote tweeted Elon Musk saying you have to pay in Doge, and then nine minutes ago, uh, that the, that quote tweet said, "Have you been working on a Doge solution for Twitter or working with devs for a Doge payment system on Twitter?" And Elon Musk emo- uh, did an emoji eyes of it four minutes ago. So I imagine Doge is moving severely now. It's doubled. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about the curse of the podcast. Oh my god! I'm gonna let's see if we're at zero. No, we're flat. I know it's, it's nobody flat, cares it's anymore. Doge is yeah, Doge only, is even only... down today. Nobody's done. This is a live trading opportunity. 
Not financial advice, not investment <laughs> advice, not legal advice, not regulatory <laughs> advice, not any form of advice. And if you do take advice, please think you like recognize you're getting your advice from Ledger. That should be that should be a dissuasion. That was not advice. Volatility yeah. um, potential. I think with those Elon tweets, right, you get like you get sort of um diminishing returns as people recognize the meta game of longing on the one minute chart for the next few minutes. Um, and is it like people get used to it? They accept less. Oh, wow. The Doge is like off the bottom, like three X. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Can you load the Suzu tweet of saying like Doge is like front run every bull market in history or something? <laughs> I'm sure you can. There's a Suzu tweet for literally everything. Uh, I was just going to calculate the total supply of Solana is 500 million something. And it went to over 250. Well, I can't, I can't be right. That's a Maybe very it was like a Avalanche coin gecko. <laughs> um, right, Avalanche Welcome is worth. TV where we Google things. <laughs> <laughs> um, the FTV of Avalanche is 13 billion. And now. it's currently worth twenty. Yeah, and it's currently worth twenty dollars. So at the top, when it was one hundred and twenty-five. Sorry, so it was five times that. It was almost um, on its way to being hundred billion. Um, I guess um, five six times what it's currently worth. So the upside for Aptos, if you ever got the same market conditions back, like seems pretty big. But also the downside. The downside is like it's worth eight billion on day one, ten billion or whatever on day one. Yeah. Um, but you know, Avalanche is still worth thirteen billion, and like, isn't it, it's, that's literally Avalanche? So. Yeah. So maybe it's yeah. not so bad. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe Aptos is undervalued. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, it's weird because like you, um, you have Aptos. So the seed round must have been like a one billion or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like the seed round, I don't think was cheap. So these people are up like eight, nine, ten x, but they won't be up that when, um, or I wouldn't imagine they'd be up that when coins start getting uh, unlocked. Um, if you have Sui opening at anywhere close, and um, and the other one, like where does the money come from? Like the <laughs> there, there just isn't the money in the ecosystem right now to support those valuations at all. Like, it's who are these people selling to? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, I thought the the Aptos launch was actually very bad. Um, like, they released like Binance, FTX, um, maybe just those two. I can't remember, but they released the like the market announcement, so it'll be live in 24 hours or whatever, um, before like tokenomics were even released. Oh, like really? It, yeah, I didn't see Yeah, it, it was like, it, it just wasn't, like there was no information about what you were buying. <laughs> you can buy what, this, you just have schedule. no idea what it is. Yeah, the, it wasn't released, and the, the tokenomics came out like within the 24 hours before the markets went live, um, which is, it seems... Seems quite bad, right? Like the, the industry is clearly under a lot of regulatory scrutiny, um, and 
like the basic information about what is you're buying is not available. Yeah, that's not good. With like a day before the um uh the market launches, which is like strangely strangely bad. It was strangely bad. Very tiny bear in the chat. Do you still bad. have Coin Gecko open like right in front of you? Yeah. Okay. Change tabs. <laughs> to what? Anything else? Oh no, it's not. It's not the white. It's the thing I can get. So. No, you're fine. I was just going to ask you a question. Oh what, yeah. What do you think the current market cap of Cardano is? I would say, given the holder base, is like a lot more retail heavy. I imagine they've got a really high percentage staked versus other mm. networks. So I would say it's probably back in the top 10. It's number nine. And number nine, nice. Um, so what? what's number 10? Is it Doge? Number, 10, Doge number 10 is Solana. 10 Solana. Um, so Solana must be a bit higher than Avalanche. Avalanche 13, probably. let's say 25-ish. It is 13.9 billion circulating. I did not rank it by FTV. FTV is 17.9. You overshot <clears> it a little bit, but that was not bad. I don't think I could have gotten within 10 billion. I have no freaking idea. Mm. There's some actually amazing stuff that is uh, in the top coins. Shiba Inu is still very high, 7.5 billion. Shiba Inu. It's like once you run out of liquidity, though, it just like that all that is fake, right? Like the price is just found at the edges, and not enough people have capitulated that. I don't understand those coins, to be honest. I, I wonder if you looked throughout history, when was the top 10 the least embarrassing? Um, maybe it's now. Maybe it's now. But maybe it was like the feather coin days and the name coin days. Um, it's, it's amazing that Ripple is still. Top ten. It it's is. like number six. Yeah, it's way stickier from a like a brand and network effects than I would have ever expected. Yeah. So many of those twenty seventeen people held on. But it's crazy how um how some of those top ten that used to be like, you know, top five and have slipped down how their charts look versus like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um because like the USD pairs are like haven't hit like significantly higher than previous cycles in some cases. Yeah. Um, whereas like Ethereum and Bitcoin did. Um, so they, I, I even find it quite amazing how you could be in crypto for like since 2012, 2013 and have a very divergent experience based on like a couple of major decisions that you could make. Like, if you cared about Bitcoin cash over Bitcoin, for example, mm -hmm. um, or you built your you build a startup, but you build it on top of like EOS, yeah, instead of Ethereum, or even like there's that um, the app on top of uh, Bitcoin Satoshi's vision called Twitch or something, oh, yeah. which for all all like purposes seems like a decently built product and if they built it on top of like ethereum or solana it would be worth Something. multiple billions <laughs> um but they built it on bsv um and how different you can like going all in on 
like the ripple thesis would be versus going all in on like um some of the alt layer ones even you could have even got like the thesis directionally correct and been like in on eos and definity and all these like alt layer ones but just get the bag wrong <laughs> um so yeah, i find it yeah definity is the one i just completely forgot about there's people out there yeah. like holding on to hope our Definity became Internet Computer. Yeah, ICP, yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing one. It's something yeah. called Internet Computer. I truly don't understand the Dogcoin stuff, though. I really don't get it. Um, I don't understand how SHIB got so big. Um, I I really don't understand it. GCR seems to understand it. GCR, do you think there was a bigger chat of the last couple of years than GCR? No. Did you see him do something wrong once? Yeah. <laughs> It's a complete beast. Hasaka's up there too. Yeah, it's just I feel like GCI was just like a level above everybody else. <laughs> yeah. It feels like he was making like the Alameda trades, but like tweeting about them before they happened, rather than like afterwards being like, "Yes, we did in fact steal all your money." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. I just yeah, he was. Over and over and over, like um, like positions in advance, closing them at like almost perfect times. Um, yeah. Somebody in the chat. I can't think of anyone that did as well. This person didn't do as well, but so I brought up in the chat someone that I used to know really well. Um, he used to go by like Beast Lorian. Um, anyway, he sold in 2017 really well, uh, but like retired himself, disappeared for a while, came back probably 2019, I don't know. And it was like, I'm all in ADA. <laughs> it just was like an ADA show. And he was not the type of person, you know, it wasn't like, the, you know, a, um, a highly gullible person. And then I guess went all in ADA. And at some point while ADA was at some massively escalated value, sold it and was just like made one trade in the whole market. And it was Cardano. <laughs> Fair play. Sometimes people's theses are not so much around, like they're just around different stuff. And you're like, all right, people are going to like ADA. Cool, yeah. people are going to like ADA. Um, yeah, I bought like the very beginning of the 2020. I bought basically the bottom of Ripple. Been like, okay, if we're going to have a bull market, Ripple's going to do really well. And it was before the SEC Ripple suit, which I think tempered a bit of the pace that it might have got um, up to. Um, but the thesis was literally like, if we're going up, then people, last time people really liked Ripple, <laughs> even though I didn't personally understand it. And like, I think it was difficult to lose on Cardano, to be honest, because if you go um, A to ETH charts, for example, um, you're basically flat on, um, uh, on the cycle. Yeah. So like, or let's like say bottom to bottom. Bought, yeah, let's say you bought at the start of the bull market, any time in 2020, basically, um, not when things were really heated. You'll break even with with ETH. If you bought when things were heated in the middle of a bull market, then you lost versus ETH. But like you did if you bought Solana or Avalanche or basically anything else. Yeah. Um, so it, it seems like it was not a terrible trade it'd be interesting to see how it performs in the future um i wonder if like... anything did as well maybe uh phantom in terms of just basically any time during the bull market that you bought it you just performed well for the rest of the bull market 
you know, like there weren't like some, it wasn't part of some super severe rotation or anything like that. I, I never looked at Phantom. Wasn't it like? I think it, it, it like, it went insane. Or Matic is another good example of that, right? It just was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matic was just like. Five cents elite. to $3 or something, you know? Yeah. So was Solana kind of as well. Solana, like, I remember, you remember the bottom in 20, 21 May, the like mid year mm-hmm. crash? Yeah. Um, we were Solana t- crashed from like 40, 50, 60 or something, maybe. No, it was maybe even 25 or something. Um, oh, I can't remember. I'm going to look at a chat. Um, I don't even have but, tra- a trading view on this computer, so sorry for the stream. Okay, yeah, so the top was, I was right the first time, the top was 55 to 60-ish, um, and it bottomed at 22 in Ju- June, July, and then just went to like 250 in the following six months. Like, <laughs> you could could have bought the top of May and 5X'd within the next six months, whereas if you bought the top of Bitcoin, you barely got the chance to break even again. If you bought and, top of Ethereum, you yeah, you barely got the chance to break even again. Um, so a couple of those things were just like fucking, they were just unstoppable. Right, BTC stack um, in the chat. Matic went 44,418%. <laughs> Casual return. Yeah. On Matic, do you have to use Matic for gas? I've never used it. You have to use Matic for gas on Polygon instead of Ethereum, right? Yeah. But they so. say they're an Ethereum scaling solution, but they just seem like a separate chain. It was a side chain. Now they have some kind of ZK stuff on it, but I didn't like it that much because it was a side chain. Um, David from Tr- uh, Trustless State, David from Bankless, actually told me he was just said something like "Matic" was the only word that he DM'd me, and it was great alpha. <laughs> it's like eight cents or something, ten cents. Yeah, and I didn't buy it, and then uh, or I did. Once I did, I sold it for like a nothing. You know, basically flat. Oh, you did a Ledger Classic? Yeah. I'll take my 12% here. Good trade. <laughs> yeah, good trade. <laughs> you took 12% out of the 44,000. Yeah, out of the, yeah, yeah, that's nice. right. That was me. Nice. Killed it. Yeah. Look, a win's a win, isn't it? Win's a win. Take that money, take that money to the bank. That's right. Um, I had a question for you. You were talking about buying Ripple earlier and hated, yep. hated coins. Do you trade hated coins better than coins you love or like coins that you have a fundamental no, no, appreciation for significantly worse. Oh, well in some ways it's easier, right? Because you know that you have to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you can, you can buy hated coins and you can stick to a system much better. You can buy a hated coin and it's really easy to cut the loss early because you're like, I'm not going to fucking sit around hitting, <laughs> holding this thing. Like no sucks. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not going to hold like back hold this. So you're much more strict with like cutting the loss quickly if you bought it at a bad time. And you're much more disciplined about like, I will take a three X here because like this thing is bad and I'm happy just to have the profit. Um, so I think that is easier, but I think it's much harder to like hold like the 44,000%. Whereas if you like really believed in Solana, and you like, oh, this is good coin or something. It was much easier to hold for those like that insane run, I think, because you're like, it deserves this. Whereas it, if you didn't believe in Solana and you get a five X, you fucking sell it because you're like, that's good enough for me. So in some ways, it's you, it's easy to be more disciplined, but it's hard to get those like really big, like massive trade of a lifetime type wins. I think. 
I feel like the r- absolute rarest thing is where you truly do believe in something and then you hold out for that cycle momentum to blow the top, blow the lid off of it. And then you recognize that that's some sort of, uh, you know, blow off top and you actually take profit, even though you love it, you know, like the people that sell, they sell the top. They weren't in it just for the trade. They actually liked it. And then they still sold the top just because it was the top. That's what I used to do with Bitcoin. And then yeah. I seem to have lost, lost that. <laughs> you lost entirely. your touch on it. <laughs> I started to believe too much, maybe. I was yeah. like, no, we're really going to $10 million per Ethereum or whatever Tetranode told us. Um, Freaking Tetranode. God damn it, Tetranode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on, man. We were ready to sell at 4000 and you told us, what did he tell 100000 per ETH. Yeah, and then he made us fucking delete the episodes. Yeah. Tetranode. Like, you <laughs> weren't supposed to say that, I don't think. He's, we well, he's not invited back. Yeah. Um, Somebody asked if we're going to finish the trilogy, and the answer is no. Uh, I would have I mean, sold the top of his either. gauntlet was not as powerful as Thanos's gauntlet. His <laughs> his yeah. gauntlet immediately fell to pieces. Um, but um, do you reckon we can get Sailor on while the market's really bad? Yeah, absolutely. I think he'd talk to a brick wall. <laughs> you think he'd do the same thing? Because when we got, when we had Sailor on before, um, I. Uh, uh, I messaged you the day of the episode. Oh, you messaged me saying like, "What the fuck are we gonna say? <laughs> like, what do we what do we ask him?" And I said, "This is the easiest. This is the easiest episode of all time. We just say, is Bitcoin good?" And then he'll talk for two hours. <laughs> That's exactly and what he did. The episode started, and we didn't even need to say, "Is Bitcoin good?" We just yeah. sat there for two hours. Like, yeah, look. look Hello, you're Michael Saylor. Yeah. yeah. Bitcoin um, is energy. I don't remember what it is. Yeah. I don't remember his accent, but. I actually quite liked the episode with Sailor because um, I previously didn't really understand his uh, motive or like how he ended up going from like anti-Bitcoin to like all in on Bitcoin. And he sort of gave you the blueprint, right? He was like, I have a business where the revenue doesn't grow at the rate of inflation. So every year we're technically earning less. Yeah. So I need something else that can save this business. And it's legal for me to go all in on Bitcoin and tell everyone else to go all in on Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it meant that his company was like one of the best performers of that like two year pandemic period or whatever, even with the, uh, the, the downside since. Um, yeah, but I'd I mean, like to have a, like a conversation with sales that doesn't feel like um, a Bitcoin advert. That's like a actual conversation so we can actually think about some questions in advance rather than deep thoughts <laughs> what do you really think about bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh um, he, i think if you could get like the little voice inside his head of doubt you know that would be a great conversation but you'll never uncover it because i mean he's he's got to be all in he has no other alternative if he starts selling then he can personally just liquidate everything you know like he's well, yeah, what I would like to hear is like, what are your doubts and what makes you feel okay about those doubts, right? Like, not yeah. like, why can you care? Why is Bitcoin going to fail? But like, what do you think are the biggest existential threats to your thesis, not to, to Bitcoin survival or whatever, but like, what, why could you be wrong? How are you like monitoring those things and um, why are you not worried about them now? Because um, it'd be interesting to like know his thinking beyond it besides like these sort of like fortune cookie style 
statements. Yeah. Um, like promotional statements. Um, but yeah. Well, part of his thesis, part of basically anyone when they're talking about what's the best hedge against inflation, none of those actual thesis, uh, theses that we call it have worked. You know, when you're like, oh, I hold gold because of inflation. I hold Bitcoin because of inflation. None of this worked. You know, it's worked great against inflation. Yeah. It's freaking dollars. Dollars have worked great against inflation. Nobody was saying that when they were talking about how bad inflation was. Yeah, but I, I think I think the inflation hedge is like, how do you hedge target inflation over a very long time period? Not like, how do you hedge rampant, insane, out-of-control inflation while, um, you know... Uh, People like globally QT is happening or something. Um, but maybe it's like hedging, actually just hedging the money supply increase or something. But it, I mean, it will be interesting to see what happens over the next sort of four or five years or so with um, Bitcoin because maybe it's like a return to mean and over a long enough timeline, it does hedge inflation. Um, but maybe it just ends up being like, okay, this is a. Um, this narrative or thesis for Bitcoin is probably not true. Yeah. Um, well, so far the only people that are right, and I, I discounted them, I guess, but the dollar milkshake people, the Brent mm -hmm. Johnson thing, if you looked into any of that, but it's kind of part one, right? So the dollar's done really well so far, but their whole thing is the dollar is going to be really, really strong as you face this liquidity crisis and then really eat it as everything kind of settles out. Um, and the settles out part is TBD, like what will perform well? Is it yield earning companies? Um, is it anti-inflationary alternative currencies? Like, I don't, I don't know. The yeah. What if it's nothing? <laughs> just doom and gloom. <laughs> Max Payne. Just is bullets. Like, just firearms. Zero, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, this uh, is the this is the situation that um, Bill Gates has been waiting for by buying up all the farmland. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that doesn't is like food production or something. People come begging you for it. Yeah. Um, so, Kobe, have you had any further luck with Caroline? Getting Caroline as a guest on this podcast is, I am assuming, what you're what you're asking. Sorry. He continually rejects me, um, despite my continued advances. Um, but then I asked her not to liquidate me, and she said okay. So I thought let's mm. let's that's leave power. it at that. Um, that's good enough for me. Um, oh my god, there's a Caroline emoji. Oh, in wow, the chat. yeah, there is. She did say something publicly. Did we create that? I don't think. Well, maybe Luke did. Uh, that can't be a Twitch standard, Luke, can it? Luke, how bored have you been the last like ten months? <laughs> this was. Can your... people spam spam the Caroline in the chat, please? <laughs> that is. Uh, she did say, she did say in a uh, in a tweet or a pod, uh, the one in some podcast she did like she has no desire to be like uh, Trabuco, like she does not want to be public facing whatsoever. She would perfectly be perfectly happy being completely invisible, running her algos or whatever she does. Yeah, she basically said that empire. to me as well. She was like, "I don't want to do PR. I don't want to be like a public face of anything." Um, which makes me wonder who the evil one was. Maybe it was Caroline. <laughs> it was Maybe Caroline Sam all along. Sam Trabs was just holding her back. Yeah. 
It's like, like no, think I've bag- I've got to go on a podcast to talk about that, so don't do that. He's on a boat now, like in the w- pictures of the water. That's all I see out of his feed now. And it's it's like a, a maybe there's a collective for uh, former crypto CEOs. There's a whole pile of them that have exited the market. How many of them do you think are forced versus uh, optional? Well, a lot of them were just people that lent a lot of money to Three AC, wasn't it? Mm, so they just had to. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of people like, why has this guy quit? And it was like, well, because he lost $2 billion. Why do you think he quit? He got fired by the board. Uh, like, uh, So I think a lot of it was that. And so one of them was like, Alex Mashinsky has stepped down as the Celsius CEO. And you're like, no shit. Yeah. Was he going to continue? <laughs> um, but I think I think it's a mix of like they either failed horrifically and they've been fired or they've been like forced to step down or they made extremely large amounts of money and they're like, cool, that's enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's probably third tertiary, smaller segment of like, I do not like the regulatory pressure. Um, the tides are turning. This is actually not that fun. Um, or like those kind of things. And then a fourth, even, even, even smaller segment of like, I'm going to do a new startup. Mm. Um, so I'm quitting to do that and it's a decent time to fundraise like for a good idea like there's money still in the market for like reputable people with a you know a history to do something big because like A16Z and Paradigm have got these billion dollar funds that they've got to deploy in the next few years um, Sui and Aptos raising at billion dollar valuations but the general VC froth is washed out sort of everywhere else Um but I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the getting like straight up just burned out. You know, you you would go through a multi-year bull market and you're tired. Especially if you're kind of at the forefront of things like from a PR perspective or something for your company. Yeah, and I don't think Sam Trabs like really cared about the mission, right? Like I think he said somewhere like this was more profitable than sports betting. So like did it for a bit and I'm sure he like grew to like it and the uh, ins and outs and all that shit. But like, if you do something because it's going to make you a bunch of money and then you make a bunch of money, sure, you can go live on a boat. Somebody just asked uh, what we think Jay Powell's going to say tomorrow. I forgot he was talking tomorrow. <laughs> Less than about 12 hours after this episode, uh, Jay Powell's, they're going to apparently do another 75 point hike and then have comments. Um, are we still going to live and die off every single one of these? I don't know. Surely we're only like two or three like non-event or good ones away from people not caring anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're probably only one or two away from them having to stop. Um, these seventy-five point hikes have been pretty impactful on like the real world, not just like the stock market's actually started to maybe price in easing already, but. If they if they talk extra tight, if they actually raise say three more times at seventy five points, I think that would that would really hurt the market badly. When we talk about this stuff, I'm just like, like I, I yeah. find it difficult to render even an opinion because I do not understand the system in which this variable impacts properly, and therefore yeah. I'm like, cool, like, and I also don't understand like the political pressure that. Um, J-Power is under, if any. Um, 
or like what's the function like is inflation is a problem that everyone suffers with right like it impacts the majority of the country that has like whatever high inflation um maybe the wealthier people are impacted less by inflation um but it impacts basically everyone so it's like a big political problem asset prices dumping affects that asset owners i don't know what percentage of america owns a house or um whatever in other parts of the west it's between like 30 50 70 percent um depending on where you are well um but here, here's a real life part for people that have a mortgage you know uh the average 30-year rate so your typical american mortgage length your interest rate right now is like seven and a half percent, whereas it was it spent a long time where your average rate would have been under three and a half, even under three percent. So you go from three to seven and a half percent, and you think, okay, well, what's that actually matter? Um, simultaneously, the price of the asset is up thirty percent or more, and most people's actual payment they make say that that results in a two thousand dollar payment on their mortgage every month. Now that same house, same thing, it might cost them $4,000 a month. So if people are trying to move, they're like, I can't move into anything that is interesting to me. So it's just a, the way that the credit system works for them for a home. Now apply that to all kinds of stuff, like whatever debt a company is going to carry or other types of personal debt that people might carry or whatever. It just has this massive liquidity crunch on people's buying power. If their earnings potential is also starting to decrease, that's where it becomes highly problematic. Everybody made a bunch of money in 2020 in their job or elsewhere in 2021. Um, once the pandemic ended, most people's industries did really, really well. So now if you see contraction in those industries and yet you know things that you want cost 50% more or 100% more, then you have this stagflationary environment that becomes a real challenge for everyday people. Yeah. I don't know. So do, do, do they pivot when like people can't afford their houses anymore or they're getting kicked out of the houses or when they don't have jobs? Like I don't really understand that part. And the other part I don't totally understand, but I can, I guess it's maybe you can just, maybe it's easy. It's like rental prices are like hitting all time highs. Is that just because the, the mortgage costs are being passed on to the consumer? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But at some point, surely that breaks, right? And they just goes, I cannot afford to live there. Well, then your rental inventory goes way down and like your prices start to go down. You know, like it, it starts affecting the baseline prices. The baseline prices, the, you know, say there were 20 people fighting for one home and now there might be three people bidding on one home. Well, what happens when nobody cares? Nobody wants that home. Well, then the price has to go down if that person has to move. But a lot of people are also just disincentivized to move because why do they want to move out of the one where they have a 3% mortgage? And they have to buy something new in the new town for their new job, and they have a seven and a half percent mortgage. They're only going to do it if it's like a really good upside. So you're kind of intra city moving; the liquidity goes away. Yeah, I don't really get. I don't really understand this stuff properly, and like maybe I should learn about it, but I also I find it boring. Um, so <laughs> I don't learn about it. Well, um, I think it's only helpful in the fact that the whole markets followed um, rates in the dollar and. Basically, can you predict any form of dovishness or them like changing their path? 
because if they don't, if they continue tightening, the natural forcing functions of the market will squeeze us into more like real economic pain. You'll start to see the the impacts. I think you'll see the impacts anyway, right? Like the demand slowing, people not spending as much, not being as loose with their wallet. Um, the only thing I don't understand, like truly don't understand, and I know I could figure the rest out, but the thing that is like a policy question that I don't understand is if inflation is lagging, it means you always act too slowly to rising inflation. So, you know, they were saying inflation is transitory, blah, 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 blah. Inflation was going up and... Um, Those people still have jobs. Metric. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're still in charge. They're, yeah. still, they're still operating <laughs> what's happening jobs. now. But, you know, um, it like by the point you make your decision, that metric's like from months ago, right? So you're acting too late... And then because it's lagging when you're tightening, when you're hiking, you're going to overshoot in the other direction. So you're always kind of whipsawing like the global financial system a little bit. And it seems strange to me that there's not a better way to do that. Um, like if the target is like four point whatever, five point whatever um, bank rate or 10 point, 50% interest rates, who, who cares? Like, depends on where you are. Um, if those are the targets, I don't I don't understand why they go like, oh, inflation's lagging, but let's just tickle it by... Like, they know it's a lag indicator. They know they're already behind. They know that they've made a mistake and they need to increase interest rates. Why don't they just go 400 basis point <laughs> hike, done? Why do they wait? Because that's they effectively spend an entire year doing that. Um, there doesn't seem to be maybe you let like the people unwind their debt and like blah blah blah, but like surely inflation gets worse and worse and worse during your slow reaction, which is already slow because you didn't acknowledge it and it's a lagging indicator. So you're so far behind. And then it's like if there was a fire, I wouldn't go, hmm. Gonna have to do something about that. Wait three months and start going <laughs> as if it was a candle. I'd be like you just get rid of the fucking fire. Um, so I, that's the bit I don't really understand. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's like some, there's some fucking uh, paper. I can there were, there were people, probably. there were people at the time arguing that they should be settling, settling on the easing, so like e easing off the easing, you know? Um, yeah. Starting to slowly raise rates just to anticipate what could occur, which a lot of people predicted because we printed a crap load of money. And gave it to everybody to spend, and then they went and spent it. Like, well, maybe this will have, maybe this will cause a little bit of transitory inflation. Was all you really got out of that? Um, I, yeah, but maybe there's, like maybe there's just so much com like complicated stuff that I don't understand that I'm massively oversimplifying, and therefore like these people is literally their job. So maybe I'm just the idiot. Who knows? Kind of Might read about it. I find it boring, but now I've thought about it, I'm like interested in what the answer to that question is. So maybe I will read about it. My anyway, yeah. I just think we're on the verge of overcorrecting on the other side. And in the same way of what you're talking about earlier, like now you kind of want them to just blow on it a little bit, but they're like hitting it with like this gigantic fire hose, you know? Um, and you just want to temper, temper it down, let it, let it burn out slowly. Um, and it seems like we're just going full bore until we break something. 
it doesn't seem like an easy way to have a soft landing if you're just going full bore. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to crypto. Back to crypto. I got a prediction question for you. Oh, gosh. Um, do you, like historically in crypto, right, the um, a sign of a, one of the, not sign, a potential cause of a bull market has been like new stuff doing well mm. right like DeFi summer was because there was a lot of new stuff and people were interested in that new stuff and it did well um you know a lot of the do you think that was the start of the bull market you have like that was sort of the crypto native start i think um like you could go all in on crypto think about it all the time and everything was doing pretty well um and then you had like the tourist money start, which was probably like December 2020, January 2021. Um, that basically lasted for an entire year, um, yeah. which is when the new all-time highs broke. And you know, Susie t- did that like tweet about how, how did we not sell? It you all? make more <laughs> make more money by um, uh, buying a new all-time high than anything else or whatever. Um, but like, like January 2021 was when a lot of my like friends from like non-crypto stuff were like can you explain this stuff to me and bitcoin was like 30k ethereum was like 900 um and solana was like a dollar um it's just like 2016 hardly like beginning of 2017 almost exactly yeah 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 yeah. um but so like this new stuff doing well seems like a uh a necessary criteria for a lot of this like sort of froth or like ecosystem froth where you can rotate around it. Um, if, well, two questions. One, do you think those new things exist today or are yet to be created? And two, do you think it is likely to be like your Aptos, Sui, Monad type um, of like new layer ones that enable new fucking use cases for the blockchain. <laughs> fucking no, dude. Or do you think it's going to be like something that no one's thought of yet? Because like a lot of the really fast, these like fast parallelized chains, maybe they can enable like actual gaming um, level transactions or actual payments level transactions. So new stuff can be created that is novel. Um, or do you think it's like someone just goes, oh, what about 20% yield on your dollars again? That part will definitely still exist, but it might be just like the same people that did it last time. Um, the uh, I don't know, man. I hope it's not those art gobblers based on the reveal. <laughs> <laughs> but like, th- you got to imagine that was the one of the first big resonated with everyday people crypto things. NFT, like the sports people, you know, celebrities, they were in. They were in. Freaking Reese Witherspoon, Steph Curry, whoever, like they were in on the NFT market. And so is there something within that realm that really unlocks, that causes that new new stuff, you know, like Paradigm invents like whole new. Um, well, Paradigm made art gobblers. I know, I know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I hope it's not art gobblers because they're, I mean, they're hideous. Why do people keep making terrible art? I don't understand. Well, isn't, that art, 
it's also uh, it's Paradigm and the dude that made Rick yeah, and Morty. Yeah, Rick and Morty guy. And isn't that art like I've never seen Rick and Morty, but isn't it like Rick and Morty style art? Oh no, I don't know. I just saw the one that's number sixty nine, and it's like I don't. I keep seeing people draw penises on JPEGs, and I'm sick of it. You know, people's crypto dick butt and this art gobbler is number sixty nine. It's like these things, these cartoon monstrosities <laughs> why do we have to do this like, can't we just have normal art like where like something creative but not absurd um counter trade later season chat's going in on art gobblers right now <laughs> uh i but i do wonder like paradigms published research on this other people have as well are there going to be products around nft infrastructure like the perpetual swap was a huge thing for liquid coins. You know, the um, the derivatives market that came out of it, the the way that people shape the market, something like that. But for NFTs, will there be NFT infrastructure? Will NFT become NFTs become popular for concert tickets, or who knows what? I have no idea. And all the infrastructure around that, and be a whole category of coins. Will gaming coins finally work? Um, something like that. I think would be make it much easier for that whole mainstream interest to kick off again because DeFi did well, but people didn't, regular people did not understand DeFi. Your neighbor or your friend or whatever was not really asking you too much about DeFi, even though it's important. There's just not as many market participants. So maybe there's some in interesting inventions that the financial ecosystem uses, but not like everyday market participants. Yeah, I care much more about the financial stuff than the cultural stuff. Like I just don't really care about like, the altcoins with pictures. Um, but I like, just because like I, you know, I I find like building unstoppable sensor resistant systems very interesting. I don't find, you know, putting a picture of like a cabbage mixed with a cat on a on the blockchain like that that interesting. But um like I I I know that some people really like that, but I personally feel like it appealed to the gambling um investing lottery style instincts of human beings and put pictures on it to make it feel like they were doing something more creative um but you know i don't want to get into a war with nft twitter again because then some people will like dunk on me and say that they're going to come on the podcast but then pull out when it gets close to it so <clears throat> unresolved yeah unresolved. um but um yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like every time we've had like um a major cycle, it's been because of a like sort of leap in functionality. So like, you had maybe not maybe not the very 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 early days, but like at least since I've been um, in the market, we had. Bitcoin and then the like creation of like the first kind of altcoins and those exchanges um, for the 2013 sort of cycle. And then 2017 was very much based on the fact that like Ethereum created illegal fundraising, um, made illegal fundraising easy, like your felonious uh, Kickstarter um, platform. Um, and then DeFi Summer was like, okay, you can use this for other things that are not illegal fundraising. Um, like you can do stuff on Ethereum other than do ICOs, <laughs> um, <laughs> which created that sort of um, sort of run. And then like 2021, 
had a lot of the culture um nft focus had a lot of the like beginning of game fi um uh with axie infinity ponzi scheme um and those kind of things um so i'm i think looking for like what is the leap in user experience or what is the thing that is enabled um by like the work done over the next few years that um creates like new novel opportunities for products um like maybe it's yeah maybe it's zk rollups maybe yeah. it's like some privacy thing maybe it is like someone does scaling um to the point where stuff that was previously just not possible um is possible um but i don't know i i wonder what um i think ZK, what that would be. zk makes a lot of sense and has a lot of uh value add potential for ethereum itself just kind of stickiness for ethereum yeah i don't know i don't know interesting i would like i wonder what i wish that um all the crypto vcs would publish like what they actually think like at least the the decent ones that have like a more than five brain cells would publish like what they actually think it is going to be um but um I guess there's like not a ton of upside in doing that. Um, and just and, go do their investments within yeah. that thesis and then come back when the coins are a hundred X. Yeah. Like when I feel optimistic about the, the coins, I'm like, well, clearly the next cycle is like you can buy stocks on Uniswap. <laughs> yeah. Like clearly it's like, you know, you, we are in some way attached to the real world rather than being like a totally rogue or like offshoot ecosystem of like, like stuff where That's, like ninety seven percent of stuff is like a rug, according to that paper on Uniswap. <laughs> yeah, I saw that <laughs> Uniswap tokens. But like, surely you have to. It has to be some integration with the real world, whether it's payments, the traditional like financial rails being um, sort of made more efficient and uh, transparent by um, using. Um, smart contracts or something. But then when I'm pessimistic, I'm like, clearly this is literally never going to happen. Why would you put Apple stock on the blockchain and it get, get it stolen by someone that Zach XPT has to hunt down in his spare time? <laughs> yeah, and I think a big component of it that needs to exist, has needed to exist for a long time, is we focus so much on what's the tech from the, invest the investable component. And I would say, where is the user experience? What is the user experience? And... I think it has to be very mobile centric. Uh, Apple's definitely not making that easy for people though to experiment with. Um, but mobile native crypto solutions where the crypto bits are real but quite invisible. Um, so the what's the Venmo killer that's built on a ZK rollup? That's what I want to see. Why is it going to be on a ZK rollup? Because it's actually going to be fast. Yeah, but it could be on suicide, the new blockchain from yeah, Sui, Sui Labs. <laughs> Same thing, but um, I'm more bullish on ZK rollups than most of the some other layer one. Wouldn't it be an optimistic rollup because it's cheaper? Sure. <laughs> like, look, it's a rollup, dude. <laughs> settling back to Ethereum is what is, in, in my opinion, going to carry the day. Yeah, people don't seem to care about that though. Like Matic has the best business development out of ever, anyone. And maybe, maybe they'll win. Arbitrum can, yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe, maybe they'll, get better, but. 
Maybe those will do it. And I, I want to see that. I want to see m- mobile-first experiences that are really high quality that have settlement, information layers, crypto-centric experiences where the crypto component is pretty invisible. Like Lens Protocol is a really interesting one, for example, just in terms Shit, of concept. I didn't send them money. Fuck. Were you, <laughs> Lens Were you supposed to invest in that? I didn't fucking send them any money. Right. My investment strategy is like talk to the founders, like arrange like, oh yeah, I'll invest in your seed round and then forget to send them any money and get kicked out of the round. I've done it more times than I've actually made investments. All right. I've made maybe like Stani. 10 if- 10 seed investments ever and I've forgotten to do like 50. <laughs> Stani, if you're listening to this, I'm down horrendous. I need <laughs> placement in this round. Do it for me and Kobe. We need it. Give us just a little bit of a slice. See how I inched myself into that round? Um, yep. I would like, so for that, for that example, like Lens Protocol, if that creates this like flourishing social ecosystem where people can explore um, and do actual social stuff that does has a crypto component. Previously, we had like Steam and library credits. Don't forget BitCloud. <laughs> BitCloud, our favorite. Um, yeah, I think something like that would be, I would just, I'd just like to see it. Something in real life where crypto is a component of it, but not the, not the thing that's the, the, front and center speculative speculation about it it's just like hey there's a great app happens to have you know a blockchain in the background maybe i should like raise a fund and then like just hire someone to run the fund and my job is to like talk to the founders like yeah bro i'll totally do this deal and i'm like like you can you sort this out because i don't know how to do anything else i'll just hire like a guy yeah to like run a fund and I'll just talk to people. I find the talking to people part really easy. I just don't like doing any of the other parts of it. So I never bother with any of it. Well, you'd be like, I mean, that's, that's what all, all the VCs are, right? (laughs) They all have background people. Yeah, but they make money off it. And I forget I make friends. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't have any of our token, but I do like you. (laughs) <laughs> uh, lol never mind never mind look it's all about the friends you make along the way at the end of the day who cares if you own the tokens or not um, if you own tokens then you gotta sell them and then are you rejecting the friendship how does it work so easier to just not have any of the tokens and just have the friends mm. and then maybe they'll buy the boats yeah, do you, you think can just go on that boat? You think Zuckerberg's still selling like twenty five million dollars worth of Facebook every day? Can the chat do some basic research on that? Because that's what he was doing at the top. I thought he was doing that for like two years, wasn't he? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and at the top, I'm just wondering if he still is. I saw he was down like a hundred million or something. Hundred billion, sorry. So, like in his net worth. I mean, dude, yeah. it, Facebook's down horrendous. But it just made me think of that. You're simultaneously, people do this all the time. When you raise money, you're diluting, right? So you're selling stock to raise money. So you believe in yourself at the same time that you're selling some. But when you're selling it to take it off the table, you're saying, I believe in this, still got still got bags, but I'm also 
securing it, you know, putting a little bit in my pocket. And when people have to... You're rebalancing your portfolio. <laughs> yeah. Outside of <laughs> outside of my current investments with my, you know, your friends or your own company or like whatever people are, are diversifying or selling, they're just like, still love it. Just, you know, not 100% of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dumping a little bit. Yeah. Just... Yeah, yeah. That's what, so. Maybe that's the I choice can hire Suzu, Suzu to run it. Yeah, I'm sure he's totally comfortable in that. He's probably free. He's dumped yeah, on everyone. Time luck, Sue. No loans. Don't <laughs> no take loans. loans. <laughs> Just all the rest no of it. No loans. Yeah. Um, I reckon going back to Suzu, back in time to Suzu, and saying, "Bro, sell. Just dial the leverage down. Sell everything now." is actually quite high on my list of things I would do if I was given one shot at a time machine. Because yeah. I don't want to interfere with my own life very much. I don't want to go back and like change anything in my own life. Mm. Who knows the unintended consequences of that. Um, I don't want to go too far back in time and change all of human history by you know writing some perceived wrong um, that turns out Wikipedia was in- inaccurate and I fucked everything up way worse. So I might just go tell Sue, bro, you're going to lose the boat, man. <laughs> don't don't rebuy everything on leverage at 50k they cost a lot of people a lot of money man um what would you do you're allowed to do going back in time one thing it can't benefit yourself or humanity you just gotta go or humanity yeah, yeah. you, you don't think saying that just and like go you, you can't go back and take like penicillin back and go look <laughs> here you go <laughs> you can't you can't do that you gotta like it's got to be net neutral. Yeah, 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 yeah. It can't impact the world too much. You got to do one thing for one person, but it can't impact you or anything greater. Hmm. Auburn went undefeated in football in two thousand four, my freshman year, and we should have gone to the national championship, and we didn't. So I'd go back to whoever made that decision and say, "Look, put us in the national championship." I want to play. We, well, I want to play like I was on the field. <laughs> I want to go to that national championship game. Why would you being back in time affect like someone might have done that? What are you going to do? I'm a time traveler. Put us in the league. That's not going to work. I don't think. Yeah, I'm from the, I'm from the future. They're going to think you're fucking crazy. No, I don't know, man. What well, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I can't think of anything. That's that's too hard. It's like can't be net positive for the world because I would. I'd go back in time and it'd like shoot Hitler in the face. Uh, but that's too net positive for the world, apparently. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Not allowed to do that. Um, I had to think of something so arbitrary and small. Yeah. Um, Could I tell myself yeah. something? No, that would benefit yourself. Oh. I don't even know what I was set for that, but I do remember. <laughs> what, what would you tell yourself? Well, like you get to tell yourself uh, thinking one of thing. the first, like uh, the first of many uh, financial choices that I should have made that I didn't was when I was sitting there thinking about buying the Google IPO when I was a kid. It was like probably a thousand bucks, but it would have gotten me hungry for the win sooner, mm. you know. And I'm mean, like, buy Google at eighty eight dollars and just hold it. Mm. I would have learned iron hands, you know. 
So you can go back in time and change your own financial destiny, but the only thing you do is go on, give that Google a go. Not <laughs> like you wouldn't you won't figure out what's actually optimal. You'd be like, buy Google. You won't tell yourself about Bitcoin. You have to go to a like, decision Google, point. Bro. You have to go All to a decision point, right? Like I remember sitting there at my kitchen table when Google was IPOing and I was like, what do they make? <laughs> like, why would I? <laughs> Chad's why laughing because you said iron hands. <laughs> <laughs> Is iron that strong? I don't know. What kind of diamond yeah. hands? You know, um, there's a lot of iron in Alabama. I don't know. Yeah. Um, ask Ledger about his unsent tweet about buying two mil ETH for one mil deep pockets. Well, that was my AI tweet. Oh, uh, those AI tweets were... They were pretty good. Did you, did you look at Inverse Bra? No. <laughs> they were so fucking good. <laughs> they were like perfect. And then I started to feel bad for the machine. Yeah. He has to think about these things. He has to write in the same style as one man that lost his mind long ago. Does that kind of stuff worry you about... Like how powerful AI stuff can be. I mean, what can you do? <laughs> Just be part of the simulation, I guess. Like open AI is amazing. Yeah. I think it's pretty impressive. I, I don't know. I mean, what can you do? Um, who do you think Edward Snowden is on CT? He's somebody. He let me out. So yeah. That means he's quite deep. Yeah. He's, I don't know. If I didn't know the origination of Inverse Bride, he'd be a good candidate because the guy's got to be bored out of his mind, right? Yeah, like, yeah, who yeah, else is yeah. just going to take screenshots all the time and know everything? And documenting everything. Yeah. Everything. Um, who would you say? I, I don't think it's going to be someone like that big because I think that would be a mistake. Hmm. Um, so I think it's going to be someone with like 20K followers. Um, and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, it's definitely not CL because I know what CL looks like in real life. And what if it is poor Dart, the person that asked the question? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good disguise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um <laughs> Snowden equals Ari Paul. Don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the um, you know that guy who did like the uh, very profitable trading strategy, which was just like manipulating the market in order to drain the mango treasury. Yeah, the Avi guy. Yeah, has anyone like does his face move? Like yeah, he's got an avatar. <laughs> like CL's got a cat. And he's his a face deep is fake. Not a cat. Yeah, like is that really a person? Ooh, he's a fed deep fake. Well, it's like you, a good disguise would be a real name and a profile picture that's consistent. So you look doxxed, but you're not doxxed. Mm-hmm. Like like decoy docs, right? Um, yeah, maybe I'll... that's Snowden. Oh. Oh, but Snowden's like too... Uh, apparently he's got a TikTok account. <laughs> Who has a TikTok? Right. Avi, the um, profitable tra- trading strategy guy. Oh. Yeah. Um, he used to be a drop shipper. Is he like sense. Richard Hart 2.0? Was he ever a drop shipper? Yeah, something like that. Makes sense as well. Um, who knows? Who knows? Uh, all right. Any other stuff from market related things? I feel like there's stuff? a ton of stuff that happens. The chat 
chat needs to remind us. The uh, the I Snowden was not paying attention at all, but the Snowden as a uh, a Zcash signer, I thought was a really interesting one. I know I know it was public, but like that's just pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, what about in terms of price stuff? Like, do you think there's a chance we bottomed? Um, I'd know, man. Like, if we were in normal times and not in the like, you know, collapse of the uh, <laughs> in times global, <laughs> yeah, the global financial system. Like, it isn't it like the worst year for bonds since the 1700s or like yeah. ever? Yeah, it's really bad. Um, so like. If we were in normal times, I would have gone all in long ago, and I would now start to be thinking, like, why the fuck has it not gone up yet? Um, but I think I said this on a previous episode, right? Like, I was like, I just don't know. I don't have I don't have edge yet. I like, barely understand how crypto works, never mind, like, actual money. Um, so I, like, in normal times, I'd be like, God, we've gone way lower than we should have gone. Like, it's going to three, Ethereum's going to, like, 3600. But... Like because I just don't understand like how extracting billions or trillions or whatever in liquidity from the markets actually impacts stuff. And all my looking at chart experience is from a time where the um, stock market went up in a straight line <laughs> for 10 years. <laughs> um, you know, like it's gone up in a straight line basically my entire life. So um, who knows, dude? Um well, I think there's a chance we've bottomed for like, I, I do think there's a chance we've bottomed for a, a couple of years, but we just stay in a really low range going like sideways for a long time, like going from like a thousand to like 1700 or something for like years. And everyone just wants to claw their own eyes out. Um, I could imagine something like that happening, but also like if we went to like, like if we broke up to like 2600 that would look like it made sense on the chart if we broke down it would look like it makes sense on the chart so i absolutely have no fucking clue dude um um i have no idea um i'll just i'm gonna wait and see oh did uh, you see the maker dow guy thing somebody mentioned that oh nikolai yeah yeah i mean but, i mean that I, was freaky yeah i mean the freaky thing is how many extremely wealthy like crypto billionaire um og like early people died to drowning um because there was mica or whatever it was called yeah um a couple of a year a ago bitcoin or about a year ago. about a year ago we were on this show we talked about yeah. it um and now nikolai too um but yeah i mean i don't know um nikolai was very impressive um like a very like had a lot of foresight for how certain things in crypto would play out um, but then obviously was like suffering with his mental health um yeah a lot as well um well yeah that, i always find that stuff freaky man yeah um there was way too many tweets about being suicided yeah um, and like drowning's not a a way you would um opt to commit suicide i would not imagine mm-hmm. um so it's yeah it just something weird's gone gone on yeah it it kind of freaks me out because if you think about the threats to fiat currency crypto is a real one right and 
if fiat currency and defending fiat currency is that important, then to what degree will people or countries' powers go to defend it? And are they really trying to subvert an industry so that the kind of collapses on itself because of its failure to coordinate? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Um, I don't know. Somebody said the term is Epstein. Yeah. Um, someone said something about like psychology switching to capital preservation, and like maybe I have, but um, what I think took me way too long to learn was that if I just waited for the times I thought I knew what was going to happen. And then when highly conviction on that, I would have probably performed better over the last decade than sort of always being in the market here, there, and everywhere trying to like, mm-hmm. oh, I think we're probably going to do this, but my conviction's like 65%. Um, when my conviction is 100%, I should actually size up. And when I my conviction is 65%, I should do nothing instead of being like, oh, I'll bet the same. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I lost, fuck. Yeah. Um, so like maybe it is, but um, at the, at the uh, oh man, yeah. At the end of the year, I was just in this mode of like, this is ridiculous. It should not, it should not have lasted so long. There will be a, this seasonal change. I felt basically the same conviction of it being overextended. Not to say it w- could not go up anymore, whatever, but it just being overextended as I did like when twenty twenty to twenty twenty one that rotation from Bitcoin to alts after Bitcoin went to like thirty k, just like that money's gonna go somewhere it's gonna fall all over altcoins and then it lasted so long and i did try to say like okay i gotta i gotta diversify i gotta do things take care of some life stuff but i never really gave myself this opportunity to say i can just be all out (laughs) you know like you could just be out of the market you can just choose to opt out of the market you're allowed to do that well it's also very easy to get back in i know but i like yeah, unless you make it harder on yourself, but yeah, that's I just um, really I failed at that part. The cycle, I felt like I had to yeah. have exposure, and I don't, I don't like you, you didn't have to have exposure. Yeah, I, I think there's a um... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was about to start reading it because I'm the sushi, on my screen, I'm not the sushi screen, CEO. Yeah, on my screen it clips at a weird point. So it says ledger, did you or did you not? And then I went to the next slide. Uh there was something uh, else that somebody brought up that I felt like we had to talk about and now I can't I can't find it. I've lost it. But no, I'm oh yeah. Um who was that riding camels with Ray Dalio? Like oh, someone hustling. was it is he called Hustland? Yeah. And he's friends with Ray Dalio. Come on. Yeah, that was funny. That was weird. That was one of my most mind blown moments because I followed yeah. that guy for like a year or something, and then I was like, I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> and it was like a casual reply to something like, "Oh, I'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask him. I'm riding a camel with him right now." Yeah. Um, yeah, that was. Um, yeah, that was fucking weird. Um, yeah, Voorhees, uh, Eric, and um, Sam debate. If you can call it a debate, it was more of like a slaughter. Yeah, um, Sam lost that uh, one real bad. 
Yeah, I lo- did you see the bankless like uh, a poll? Oh yeah, like, oh, <laughs> who won? I, I thought it was gonna be like eighty percent Eric, twenty percent Sam, or like eighty-five to fifteen. And it was like ninety-eight percent Eric. I was like, wow, that's a one-sided fucking yeah. poll. Somebody did that the clip, was... the curb your enthusiasm clip, where Sam was like trying to explain why it's different than email. Why DeFi is different than email. And it was I mean, just like it's obviously different from email. <laughs> yeah, but he just was like, ah, uh, mm, uh, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, got, it was, it was, it was bad. Like it's obviously different to email. Like sending a financial transaction is not speech, but um, the arguments for speech are also similar arguments for financial transactions, particularly financial transactions that don't have an intermediary or a you know a middleman custodian or whatever. Um, mm. But um. Yeah, that like that debate was like a PR massacre for yeah for Sam, and it came out like it's one of those weird. It's a weird debate where like you win by just saying the stuff that all the audience believes, right? Like you say, <laughs> well, there should be no regulations, everything should be allowed, the coin should go up, freedom, um, <laughs> and, and even if that is a policy that is non-viable you win the debate. So it's like on this weird, um, weird fighting that Sam should have recognized that his audience, he like Sam's trying to talk to like DC, um, like regulators and like the crypto audience on this podcast (laughs) where like someone's just trying to talk to their crypto uh, audience. Um, It was a complete massacre. Sam and Sam's normally quite good, like on the spot in like those hearings and stuff with tough questions. Um, and he looked like he was hung out to dry. I thought it was pretty bad. Um, and also Eric's always, always been really good at providing the ideologues case. Um, mm. Been really effective at that. And it's really hard when you have, when you have commonality with the ideologue, but you approach something with this pragmatism and you're trying to explain it or like, you know, spin it according to the circumstances or whatever like you, you don't well whatever we're dealing with in dc i don't know the details but it just certainly makes it hard to win a debate when you're up against the ideologue and uh i think eric made terrific arguments i would also like to see how can you translate those terrific arguments in practice in the lobbying effort right and that's where people are don't know and they're definitely not giving sam the benefit of the doubt that ftx is uh or sam's i don't know who's advocating who's lobbying but is taking the ideologue stance as they go in or are they just like folding everything right up front you know and just uh, who knows uh but the, the audience didn't do him any favors for sure the, i mean the thing is like in like I agree with Eric, right? Eric just says my views back to me when I watch that. So I'm like, yeah, cool, I agree. But I also don't think that my views would fly in DC. I think, you know, um, like if I go explain what I think the regulatory policy should be to politicians and the regulator, I don't think they would think that's a good idea. (laughs) I think they'd feel like we're not fucking doing that. Um, But I I don't know how far gone it is there, right? Like, there's this like, oh, Sam's going to try and get DeFi banned stuff, um, which seems to be a mix of like, not true, 
Um, but like potentially taking concessions in a bill. And it's like, whether you do you need to take those concessions basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and should you fight harder against those concessions? And you probably should, if you think that you like, they're not necessary. Um, trying to fight to kill DeFi just kills FTX. Like the, F like crypto doesn't exist if um a lot of these assets don't exist like what would people trade um they don't have like uh the nft marketplace to zero like it they need um DeFi to continue to exist for their business to exist so it would be an insane self-owned to argue against DeFi. and the bill is like a the bill language is not even final yet right so the, the truth is I don't really care about a lot of this, <laughs> this stuff. Like I, I find it super boring and I find throughout the last 10 years, there's been all these like um, reg motions. This is going to get happen. This is going to happen. And um, either nothing does or we end in a bad place for a while or a good place for a while and things change. Um, so it pains me to have to even read about this stuff if I'm honest. Um, well, I think the because one there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do yeah. about it. And um uh, I don't think that like, yeah, but I, I do think that like uh, the, the lobbying is like kind of gross. It's like against my like own political ideology. I don't think it should be money in like a lot of money in politics. Big money should not be in, um, um, politics at all. Um, so I think this like, you know, big second biggest donor to the Democrats is like, it's like a terrible luck and like. And at the same time, did you know that Ryan from FTX is oh, yeah. like the third biggest donor to the Republicans? <laughs> what the fuck? They yeah. Just, so Ryan, like, just just play both sides, and it's like, uh, I don't know for uh, a fact, but like from the perspective, from my perspective, it seems like Ryan's probably the second most important person at FTX. Like he's kind of the yeah. yeah. So like SBF's just donating to the Democrats, and he's just donating to the Republicans. No, his like, like is spouse is a politician. Like a Republican politician, Ryan. yeah, Ryan's spouse. So I think I don't know. So if he you're... just donates to his wife. I don't know, but uh, yeah, she's like running for something. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, he... I don't know. I think it all looks like slimy, and like the backdoor deal stuff looks like really bad. Um, I am interested in how that bill ends up. Like I spoke to a couple of lawyers about it, and they basically told me like the language is moving all the time. It's getting better for DeFi, it's got better for developers and validators, but it could be bad depending on how the final language um, ends up. Um, and then what happens to it when it gets out of this like lobbying phase and onto the floor and like what gets attached in the last minute and all, there's so much incompetence that can occur along the way. Like you have relatively smart people on the lobbying side of it or like trying to shape the initial language. You just need more of these like Jake Stravinsky's of the world or like um, you know, the coin center folks and like you have to play that game, honestly, to someone just said you don't care about it, but you speak to lies about it. Yeah, exactly. I don't care about it, but I had to because like everyone was like hounding us <laughs> like <laughs> is FTX gonna be our sponsor still if they're trying to kill DeFi? And I was like, if they're trying to kill DeFi, then no, obviously not. <laughs> I mean we're in a contract and we're gonna have to get out of the contract somehow if that were the case, um, which may be difficult, and I don't know how we would do that at the moment. Um, but if it was actually trying to kill DeFi, then no. So I spoke to lawyers to try and figure out if they're um, trying to kill DeFi. And there is like a lot of sentiment. Like um, 
people on the Coinbase sort of side, um, their sentiment is that like FTX and SBF are like willing to sell out the entire industry for their gain. Um, Ryan Spouse, her name is Michelle Bond. Um, yeah, for their gain. And like maybe that's true. I don't know. Um, I think there are much better things to criticize FTX over than like participating in the unfortunate reality of the world and politics and trying to argue for regulations. Like, like criticizing them for being a self-interested actor doesn't make much sense to me because you can't just force like most actors in the space are self-interested um, to some degree. Um, and you can't just ask people not to be. It's like not a good strategy to say, oh, you should do that less. They'll just say, we don't care. Um, but I think there are much better things to criticize FTX over like maps and Oxy token, <laughs> which were created by the same developers, which make no sense and went in a straight line downwards after being like supported <laughs> by FTX. Um, like creating markets where the only real benefactors are like the big funds who can hedge their own like spot locked positions on these perps that just are designed to go straight down. Um, like that is just be- like bait for people to long a chart that looks like it's bottomed. Um, and maybe closeness to Alameda, although every exchange basically like Alameda's biggest mistake was talking about what they did. Whereas every exchange has, <laughs> has an um, Alameda. Yeah. Every exchange has their own like internal trading desk basically even if it's just like market makers or whatever um so um i think those are like much better reasons to criticize ftx than what seems to be some um like pursuit of it seems to be like i don't know what the politically correct way to say it is but um say the politically incorrect. Like, you know when you like whisper something and then someone hears something slightly different and then it moves along. Oh, and then the game of telephone. Like, game of telephone. Okay, cool. That's the politically correct way of saying it. Um, uh, like that, where it's like, ends up with like, oh, I was trying to kill, Sam was trying to kill DeFi. Um, I think maybe it is. I'll keep talking to people about it and try and find out. Who knows? Um, and if so, then sure, we won't have FTX as a sponsor anymore. We might not be able to do the podcast anymore. <laughs> we have to create a new podcast. Um, but, um, Finally do the down-only thing that everybody thinks they're original for recommending. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, so there was well, one blast from the past when you are talking about exchanges and lobbying and cooperating and all that stuff. Somebody uh, brought up... A, Bitrex's $30 million fine that they just paid. I'm like, do they have $30 million? <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah, it's down. got two, year, two years of revenue for them, two years of profit. Yeah. I mean, that's what they got for like as quickly as possible, essentially doing the right thing. You know, as soon as they get some kind of understanding of what they're supposed to be doing to their, then go do that, implement better KYC, all this stuff. And, Go, but go play by the rules, and it makes them number. It made them number one immediately irrelevant, and then five years later, get a fine for two years worth of their profits. 
Yeah, I mean, if they didn't do it, then they would have got a bigger fine. <laughs> <laughs> they would have got jail, I guess, but I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, it's the same thing that BitMEX did wrong, right? Except BitMEX, BitMEX are a bit more like flagrant. Fragrant? God, what's the word? Is flagrant flagrant. Flagrant. In, yeah, in like trying to... Fragrant uh, is a... That's the smell, yeah. Yeah. Why do you reckon BitMEX smells? I don't want to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the smell yeah. of a liquidation? Is, does Bybit and OKCoin still have... K, do they have KYC now? I think you can take like 10 Bitcoin a day out of OKCoin, OKX without KYC, which is quite a lot. I think Bybit... I, I, I have not tried to do those things in many years. Um, I, I believe yeah. there's some places where you can still transfer quite a lot of money i think there those and those will always exist someone just said bitrex is charging fees if you don't log in <laughs> is that true <laughs> i don't know what that means it's a good revenue stream for them mm-hmm. someone said my my liquidation have tasted like tears that's sad i'm sorry for you buy a bit is two bitcoin per day um yeah who knows who knows? That's a game um, of whack-a-mole forever. Yeah, like as soon as they close it, another shop opens with the same rule and then closes yeah. it after three years and then, yeah. Welcome to my bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently Bybit already has like a Korean alternative oh, yeah. exchange or yeah, something. I don't now. remember what that is. Yeah, that was some kind bit, of regulatory. BitGet or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know. What, what, what do you hope to see? In the remainder, short remainder of the year, two months as of today, is there anything that you would like to see in terms of just resolution? Oh yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want to see the um the finale of Andor. Oh, what's that? The new Star Wars show, it's the best Star Wars thing that's been made in years. Much better. Can than you movies. watch it isolated? Like you can just watch just that. I don't have to yeah. watch the whole Mandalorian or anything. Yeah, you just watch it isolated. Um, I want to see that the show that per, the peripheral or whatever the William Gibson book that's been made it mm. into an Amazon thing. Um, also, how come no one told me that the boys was like good? Really, the Amazon thing? It's been out like, it's like three, yeah. four seasons or something. I just ignore that. And I also ignored it. It's called the of boys that accent. with a Z. Carl, Carl, yeah, Carl <laughs> Urban's um, Carl Urban's British accent is like really awful. Um, so I couldn't take it seriously, but it's actually all right. Um, now you were talking about crypto. I don't know. Green candles. Oh, everybody um, likes the boys. All right. The boys and peripheral. I don't know either of them. So I need something. I'm almost done with Seinfeld. I've been watching it for like a year. Uh, I had never watched Seinfeld clean through and we've got like one season left. So, yeah, I've never seen it either. Um, I I don't know. To be honest, dude, uh, the main thing I'd like to see is people chill out a little bit more. Um, like, I, I think that this is the most upset I've seen people generally for like a really long, it's usually really bottom, long time. Bottom things. But it is this weird thing where like, um, like people seem like, like if they're not upset about something then they're not happy. They're like, they need to find the next thing to be upset about. But like crypto Twitter specific, so, so such that like, I think a lot of like 
the same patterns of like wokeism uh like paralleled in crypto twitter right where it's like Mm. instead of like just calling everyone like racist or or whatever i watched a video the other day about like um like some woman doing a talk at university and like everyone started calling her nazi and racist and like stormed out or something and then i watched the talk and it was like like it was not related to any of these i saw yeah yeah yeah. um but like that sort of reaction to stuff is sort of happening in our Mm -hmm. um circle our little community a little bit i think where like now everyone's like a a scammer or they're evil or they're working against crypto or they're like you know um everyone makes everything like really deep and it has to like mean something like manipulative or big or like whatever um and sometimes it's just not that deep dude (laughs) sometimes like you can just chill out and everything's kind of fine um and yeah i you know when um all the sbf drama was popping off and taylor swift just brought out a new album and there's a song on the new album drama called anti-hero which is the most popular song so um that is the one i listen to to see what the new taylor swift album is like <laughs> listen to listen to one song it's actually about sam well in the song well in the song it says something about a sexy baby quite early on which i was confused by um it says sometimes i feel like everyone is a sexy baby uh and i was like okay um but then there's a line in the song that says did you hear my covert narcissism I disguise as altruism like some kind of congressman. And I was like, she's intentionally released this song during the middle of this SBF drama. So I tweeted those lyrics because it was funny. Um, it was funny, like, you know, SBF's taking all the shit. Taylor Swift's even having a fucking go at him. So I, I tweeted it and then... Um, Somebody got upset. Like, this this person went nuts. Like, they quote tweeted me. They were saying, like... This, now he even accepts his own narcissism and brags about it. And then they like quote tweeted me like six more times. And then they started like they were replying to every single tweet like um, in the same like sort of format, like a like a mini poem, like a uh, like a little sonnet format, trying to like mimic the rhyming pattern for days and days and days. And I, <laughs> I was like, "Yo, it's a Taylor Swift lyric, dude. <laughs> it's like, not a big fucking deal." Um, was this in silico? Because that's that's how my interactions with in silico have been over the years. Uh, I don't have many interactions with him. I think he's reasonably funny. He really, uh, really, really hates really he, hates me. He um, hates me. But, he hates yeah, me. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine to be hated by people. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but this dude, and I was like, this is this is this is what being on Twitter feels like a lot of the time now. <laughs> or being even in the crypto community feels a bit like you say something and someone goes, here's what he means by this. They like do several leaps of logic in their own head about like, they just invent a whole thing and then they get angry with you about it. And then they go on a tirade. And I'm like, dude, you, like you go talk to your therapist, write a book, like do whatever you want. I don't need to participate in this. You've made up a you've made up a version of me and you, I don't even know about it. <laughs> like, I would just go deal with it by yourself. Um, so, I don't know. I think people need to chill out a bit more. 
um, to be honest. Like the stuff that's not a big deal, people create into a real, they create this huge fantasy world about like how it could be a big deal. And then the stuff that is a big deal, they just go, they ignore it or they call it like cool, like, like sick. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, but I think so it was Balma in the chat said, we still have time to log off and touch grass. <laughs> so if you hadn't done that yeah. yet, I think I feel like you and I, and we haven't recorded this show in months. So, so there was time to uh, touch grass, take some time off and think about other things a little bit. And the time that I've yeah. managed to do that, it's been healthy. Um, it's not much you can do about it. So get over it and carry on. Yeah. For me, like I always try when the market's bad and everything's a little bit more boring, I always try and not sort of engage too much because in a bull market, you need a lot of energy or stamina. <laughs> stamina is a good stamina. word, isn't it? it some, <laughs> you need a lot of stamina. Um, <laughs> is that but, what the ketamine um, is for? Is I that, don't think that will help with stamina, that's not, mate. not how it works. You outed yourself as not a ketamine user. No, I'm not. Um, right. You should give it a go. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> the yeah like it takes a lot to like it's like you know bull market you can argue lasted for basically two years um ish and you needed to be online basically every day <laughs> like you need to be online every day and it was like deep and you never knew when you couldn't get some sleep or whatever um you don't have to still do that now like you can just go out like you don't miss anything. It went literally in a Ethereum went in a hundred dollar range sideways for two and a half months. <laughs> and you looked you every need to be and you looked every day. So die. Yeah. You looked at the, you know what the 30 minute chart looked like <laughs> for that two months of sideways. Like it just go outside and um talk to some people, have a nice time, maybe it's all gonna be okay. Um, I'm gonna use that as a challenge because I Cannot remember the last time in my life I went a day without looking at the price. Yeah, I look at every morning and every night at the very least, like before oh. bed and before I. And every um, time I get uh, out of the car and every time I. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like I could. I probably average in a bear market once an hour. Just set an alarm that tells you if there's any strange movement and then you don't have to look at it. Well, that's smart it's just not my i have i develop in the in the, when the market is better develop these horrible habits of knowing all the time hmm. yeah fair enough um it stresses me out to look at the to look at it so often because i feel like i'm some kind of addict and i uh uh don't like that feeling but um yeah you know you do you there's no right way or wrong way of doing things as long as you're happy i am that yeah. Can't ask for much more. Um, Should we call it there? Yeah. Um, someone says, am I English? Yeah, I'm English. I'm from the north of England. Someone said, are you from Leeds earlier? Which is actually not far off. Yeah. I used to swim in Leeds every morning um, and o evening. OBS was like, uh, yes. we have an update for you. I'm like, I've been streaming for <laughs> two hours. I don't, I don't, remind <laughs> me later. <laughs> um, Kobe, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Should we, have Peace, dude. Should we have a guest next time? Yeah, I asked Eric um, if he wants to come on. I asked, we've got the CEO of Circle. We still need to organize Arthur. I did the same thing with Arthur Hayes. I was yeah. like, Arthur, you yeah, want to come on? Spoke sure. to one of these people. And then I was like, cool, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just wanted to know we could. <laughs> uh, 
maybe we should ask SBF to come on and we can ask him the questions that people want to ask him. Um, uh, since we've never had SBF on in a solo show, we only had him and CZ at the same time. Um, we should try and get CZ on as well. Oh, one thing I don't understand is the CZ SBF beef. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, I don't even care, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like how they just like snarky tweet each other, like something really like big yeah. happened behind the scenes, but we don't know what it is. So they just like sort of like passive aggressively tweet each other all the time. Like, surely an alliance of the exchange owners would be preferable. I know you're in business <laughs> yeah. trying to steal each other's market share, but like typically you have the same incentives besides destroying each other's companies. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, we we have knows? stuff we can do. If We need the audience to tell us, do they want these shows? <laughs> do they enjoy oh, it? Oh, who's a come on? Yeah, like the way this works is they do the work. Yeah. Like they, you recommend the guest and then when the guest comes on, you tell us what to say because we don't know who the guest is or anything <laughs> about them. That's the way this podcast is supposed to work. I just don't feel like the audience is doing their part. I don't feel like, I feel like I have to do too much of the work, yeah. which I don't like. Work harder, audience. But also, thanks for being here. Yeah. Um, Was I supposed see you, to mate. say something else? See you in, see you in six months. See you, <laughs> see you next year. Bye-bye. Happy Christmas, happy new year, happy Halloween, happy birthday. <laughs> Ciao. Bye.